your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max, a deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now your host for the evening, here's Sandy Max. Welcome to What's on Tap. Happy Friday, February 2nd. I am Sandy Max. Thanks for joining me on What's on Tap tonight. We have quite a few talented people from Wisconsin making their mark in Hollywood and in the music world. We'll take a look at those locals. One getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame next week and one who may win her fourth Grammy Award. Also, Black History Month has begun and our teammate, Dr. Ken Harris at 101.7 The Truth has a story to share about a local attorney, plus Judge Derek Mosley has a charismatic way of connecting us to the notable people and moments in black history. But first, we salute Groundhog Day with a visit to the Milwaukee County Zoo this morning and a fun Wisconsin fact about the Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day. Now, Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley, he was at the Milwaukee County Zoo this morning, officially at 9 a.m. to announce the Humboldt Penguins... Did not see their shadow this morning. Yes, I said penguins because the zoo doesn't have a groundhog anymore. Gordy the groundhog passed away last year, so the penguins were filling in, and this is what it sounded like. So it looks like they do not see a shadow. It's going to be an early spring, everybody. I felt like we had to get the actual penguin sounds in there cheering for for springtime. And now Groundhog Day here, yeah, penguins. But, you know, one of my very favorite movies is Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. And you know the movie. He plays a very uh, unpleasant, self-centered meteorologist, Phil Connors. He hates his annual assignment to go to Gobbler's Knob in Pennsylvania to report on Puxatawney Phil the groundhog. I'll give you a, a winter prediction. It's going to be cold, it's going to be gray, and it's going to last you for the rest of your life. <laughs> so the weird thing that happens is he gets caught in the time warp, lives that groundhog day over and over, while he can control his decisions, though, yet staying in that loop. Rita, if you only had one day to live, what would you do with it? I don't know, Phil. What are you dying of? So see, not everybody's biggest fan, but the film is a fun and profound exploration of how we choose to live our lives. And we follow along Phil's journey, which are actually, the more I think about it, similar to the phases of grief. But now you'd want to live one of your best days, right? Well, here's Phil Connors in the bowling alley remembering one of his favorites. I was in the Virgin Islands once. I met a girl. We ate lobster drank pina coladas. At sunset, we made love like sea otters. That was a pretty good day. Why couldn't I get that day over and over? (laughs) So as much as I'm a Bill Murray fan, I'm not bringing up Groundhog Day just for that reason. You know, the movie takes place in Pennsylvania, but it wasn't filmed there. And I found out it actually could have been filmed Right here in Wisconsin, the location manager for the film, his name is Bob Hudgens, and he remembers that before the movie's production, they toured 60 cities in the Midwest with town squares that looked like Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. They 
even considered Baraboo. And Harold Ramis turned to Bob Hudgens and said, this is nice, but is there one closer to Chicago? So unfortunately, Wisconsin lost out to Woodstock, Illinois. And it seems we have both Bill Murray and actor-director Harold Ramis to blame because they both wanted to be closer to Chicago. But if it makes you feel a little better, Bill Murray is on the record as being pretty miserable because it was so cold during filming and that he said that being outside for up to 12 hours a day left his skin feeling raw and made him irritable. Well, that's no fun. (laughs) So raise a glass to world peace and to Groundhog Day tonight. And in movie news next, we have two talented people from Wisconsin making their mark in Hollywood this year. And if you love the Rocky films, the actor who played a beloved character in that series has passed away. Those entertainment updates are next on What's on Tap. The pride of Kenosha in the acting world is about to get his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You might recognize him as the Hulk or Bruce Banner from the Avengers Marvel movie series. Mark Ruffalo gets the honor on February 8th. And in interesting calendar timing, that is exactly one month later than Appleton-born actor Willem Dafoe getting his star on the Walk of Fame. He got his on January 8th. And yet another connection for these two fine gentlemen, both Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe are in the movie Poor Things, which is nominated for an Academy Award and Mark Ruffalo himself. He's been nominated three times in the past and Mark Ruffalo is nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his role in Poor Things. So off to a great start for two Wisconsin actors, both Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe getting their stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Repping that Midwestern talent. I like that. Um, But I got to tell you, in the entertainment news, updating you that uh, very uh, meaningful actor to a lot of people is Carl Weathers. And you would recognize him from many, many movie roles, even though doesn't have a catchphrase or anything. But he was in the Rocky movies as Apollo Creed. I remember him in Action Jackson. For some reason, that I saw that movie when it came out and it stuck with me. But more recently, he's been in The Mandalorian. And I also am fond of Carl Weathers because... It's obvious that he has a sense of humor. I'm a big Arrested Development fan, and he was part of the cast as himself, but sort of playing himself in that TV series of Arrested Development. So Carl Weathers, and especially, I guess, um, with Black History Month and him making such an impact in culture in both film and television. So uh, honoring Carl Weathers, maybe it's a good excuse to stream something like uh, The Mandalorian or a good old Rocky movie tonight. Or Happy Gilmore. Oh, Happy Gilmore. That's producer Tommy. What else do you remember Carl Weathers being in? Uh, I've definitely seen all the Rockies. Yeah. Steph has a huge fan. It's probably his uh, favorite movie franchise. And uh, like I said, the Chubbs role in Happy Gilmore is great. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because when it comes to times like this, everybody has their, their favorite role. Like I just said, I had to bring up Arrested Development, but that's kind of niche. So I would hate for somebody to be out there yelling, Happy Gilmore, how are you not mentioning that role? Yeah, I mean, iconic golf movie, Adam Sandler, another big actor, Carl Weathers, kind of underrated in a lot of things. I agree, because that's what I mean. Like, he's he's just that steady go-to guy who who always delivers in a role, whether he's playing the action or, I mean, man, to go up against Sylvester Stallone and be fit and tight and be part of that lore. 
Uh, pretty pretty big movie death, too. The Apollo Creed movie death hit a lot of people. I, I know. So very good. So thank you, producer Tommy, and uh, and I send our condolences and well wishes out to Carl Weathers' family and friends and uh, honor him by keeping his legacy going by watching something that he has been in. Uh, next, it's the second day of February, and we're going to honor this momentum, momentous month on What's on Tap. This monumental moment in black history is sponsored by Tayback Law, Educators Credit Union, and American Family Insurance. Noted corporate lawyer and civic leader John Wyndham Daniels Jr. was the second oldest of eight children in his family, born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He graduated from North Central College and received the National Science Foundation Fellowship, was a Ford Foundation Fellow, and completed his MS degree before going on to receive his JD from Harvard University. A partner with the full-service law firm Quarles & Brady, John rose to the position of chairman and managing partner and now is chairman emeritus. He was listed as one of the best lawyers in America by Real Estate Law and serves on the board of directors of a number of corporations and nonprofits. Corporate lawyer, civic leader, and a proud member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, we salute attorney John W. Daniels, Jr. Listen to 1017 The Truth all month long as we celebrate Black History Month. That was a feature created by Dr. Ken Harris of 101.7 The Truth, sharing a local story of impact during Black History Month. And I'll be devoting time during each What's on Tap episode in February to honor Black History Month because we can all learn something and build bridges to understanding of the challenges and accomplishments in Black heritage. And earlier today, Judge Derek Mosley visited Wisconsin's Afternoon News, and his charisma and approach to Black History Month is very compelling. Former Judge Derek Mosley is with us live in the studio, the director of Marquette's Lubar Center for Public Policy Research and Civic Education. I want to call you Judge. I want to say, Judge, thank you for do. being yeah, here. Yeah, I still do, You too. can call me whatever you want to call me. <laughs> All right. Judge, thank you for being here. Don't call me late, though. <laughs> you are not late. You are, you, Greg, he's the earliest guest we've maybe ever had. He was in the studio before we got here. Yeah, well, he, well, he, he was not Let me messing. tell you, my dad said there's two things. You're either early or you're late. That's it. That's <laughs> there's it. No, there's on no on time. time. Yeah, no, right. There's no on time. So, And you don't want to be late. Don't want to be late. Don't want to be late. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Black History Month. Yeah. Um, it's February 2nd, and it's all throughout the month of February. Why is it important that we recognize... I love what you do because you recognize and focus on things that the rest of us maybe haven't heard of. Right. It's not only about MLK and, and Rosa Parks. Absolutely. It's about what you focus on. Yeah, so th- that's, that's a good point, John. Thank you. Um, yeah, I like to talk about the things that you may not have heard of when it comes to uh, Black History Month. So you mentioned Rosa Parks. And Rosa Parks is an icon when it comes to civil rights, icon in the black community, icon in black history. But a lot of people don't know that there was a 14-year-old girl named Claudette Colvin who did it before Rosa Parks did it. and But for the fact that she was 14 years old, you would have never heard of Rosa Parks. And it's just, there's stories like that that are just amazing. I I just, on my way here, I just came back from giving a Black History speech out in Waukesha. And just the breadth of knowledge, I ask everybody, every time I say something, I say, did you know that was a fact? Did you know that? And a lot of people are like, no, I never heard it. Like, the stat I'll use, John, is that people don't understand that blacks in America have been enslaved longer than they've been free. Think about that. That's amazing. Even today. Wow. Because 1619 to 1865 was slavery. 1865, that's 246 years, by the way. And then uh, 1865 to 2024, that's 159 years. Whoa. So we won't actually get to the point where black 
people in America were free longer than enslaved until 2112. Hmm. That's 88 years from now. And so wow. I, I tell that fact and people are like, what? I had no yeah. idea. But yeah. that's why we need to teach black history. I, I've been fascinated with you just in general as a person for, gosh, 20 years well, now. Well, you knew me before I was honorable. Yeah, well, yes, <laughs> likewise, I guess, likewise. But uh, still the judge, of course. But but you and I would always talk about that, just the, the importance of of the black culture in Milwaukee and the education component that, that needs to happen. Whites, blacks, everybody. Just yeah. to understand your roots, have people start to understand other, other, other cultures. But the way you celebrate and bring to light historical figures in the black community that we've never heard of, I think it's amazing. You do it every day on your Facebook page throughout yeah. Black History Month. You've been doing that for years. Yeah, uh, 12 years now. 12 years. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's great. And, you know, I started because I just, I had kids, right? And I wanted my kids to understand where they came from, what they were about, and their history because they weren't being taught that total history. And I was fortunate to have parents who made sure I knew that story. And so I do it, you know me doing it for 12 years, but my sister who lives in Chicago has been doing it for 12 years too. And so we've been trying to spread this news out because that's what was told to us by our parents. And it's just important that everybody knows those stories. They're great stories. Everybody's like, well, we don't want people to feel bad. It's not about making people feel bad, right? It's telling stories about how persistence and hard work and uh, diligence over unbelievable odds, you could still succeed. And that's a story we need to tell these youth today who grow up in a community where they don't think they're going to make it. There's no hope. And then you tell the story about these about people who got spit on and fire hosed and all this just to go vote. And then we say, well, I don't have time to go vote. Right. That's why you tell those stories. You have to make it important. You have to put a face and a name to these stories. Derek Mosley is with us. You said you were giving a, a Black History Month speech uh, earlier today. I'm sure you're busy yesterday with it as well. Uh, sort of the launch of the month. But what do you focus on? What What is your goal from start to finish when you're giving those speeches? Yeah, just knowledge. Just telling the story. Like I just told you, so I do a stat every single day. For now, it's going to be 29 days because it's 29 days this month in February. So I do a stat a day on social media. So it's on LinkedIn, it's on Facebook, it's on Instagram. And it's just one stat. I keep it short. You read it and you can move on. But it's that one stat that you might not have known. I, I told you the story about the amount of time that uh, blacks in America have been enslaved as opposed to being free. I, the, the stat I had today was about the white lion. So we, we talk about a lot of ships in history, right? Titanic, Edmund Fitzgerald, Mayflower, uh, Nina Pinta and Santa mm-hmm. Maria, right? Yeah, we all know yeah. those. But no one knows that on October and August 20th, 1619, a ship called the white lion dropped off the first 20 enslaved Africans on the coast of Virginia and started the two and a half centuries long transatlantic slave trade. No one knows the name of that ship, right? The White Lion. And, and I think it's important that we tell, that's an American story, right? They have it on American soil. And it's important to know that. History is this weird thing because you need to learn from it, the good and the bad. You need to learn from it. And when people can see themselves in history, the reason why we have history is because Carter Woodson said, if you can uh, have a, a people feel that they don't know they've contributed anything to society, then you control that, that group of people. And that's why he started, it was called Negro History Week, and then it grew out to Black History Month. And so just trying to continue that story. Always something to learn in such an inspiring way from Judge Derek Mosley on Wisconsin's Afternoon News Today. I felt that his just energy and presence and his message was really worth hearing.
that Black History Month is not to make people feel bad. It's really to put a value on the persistence and progress that people have made, uh, sometimes unrecognized over the years. So if you'd like to follow along for the stat of the day with Judge Derek Mosley, uh, you can find him on Facebook. I think the easiest way is to search his name, D-E-R-E-K. Mosley, M-O-S-L-E-Y. He's technically at Derek.Mosley.12. But if you search D-E-R-E-K and M-O-S-L-E-Y, you can find him and his stat of the day as we continue to honor Black History Month, like he said, for 29 days this year. A Grammy nominee from Milwaukee. And the box set that music producer Cheryl Pavelski could win an award for is certainly preserving black history in a musical way. Learn more about and hear from that box set that celebrates the songwriters of Stax Records, all that Memphis soul, in the next half hour of What's on Tap. First, from the WTMJ Breaking News Center, here's Jessica Gatso. I'm Sandy Max. Welcome back to What's on Tap, a show about culture and creativity. And right here in Wisconsin and around the world, you have a reason to root for someone at the Grammy Awards on Sunday. She's from Milwaukee and has dedicated her work to music, especially preserving musical legacies. Cheryl Pavelski, also a proud Marquette alumna. She is the owner of her own label called Omnivore Recordings, and her work really is dedicated to preserving the music of artists in their entirety. And some of that music isn't always like the pop culture number one hits. It's music from all kinds of genres and that we can all learn from and you can hear influences from. Well, her latest project could win her her fourth Grammy Award on Sunday night. She's nominated for a box set called Written in Their Soul, the Stax Songwriter Demos. You just heard a little bit of it right there. And I was able to grab a chat with Cheryl in the midst of her whirlwind week of celebrations. And she joins us on What's on Tap. You have won three Grammys so far. Proudly tell us what those Grammys were for. The first one was for um, a Hank Williams record. Uh, called the Garden Spot Programs 1950, and that one uh, was radio transcriptions uh, that his even his daughter didn't know existed. So that that was that was really fun. All previously unissued. Uh, the second one was for uh, "It's Such a Good Feeling," the best of Mister Rogers. <laughs> what a wonderful was... legacy to be preserving <laughs> of his kindness and his musical abilities. It was such a, a, a lovely acknowledgement of his whole career and also his involvement in jazz. Uh, a lot of folks don't know that he had a trio on set for Mister Rogers' Neighborhood that would extemporaneously improvise during the show. And so a lot of kids got to know about jazz, both through, uh, of course, the Peanuts specials, but also through Mr. Rogers. So um, it had more of a musical impact. He had more of a musical impact than I think a lot of folks uh, understand. And then the third one was last year, and that was for the super deluxe edition of Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot that we released on the 20th anniversary of of that record. And a fine Midwestern band from Chicago. You bet. I love that the Grammys that you have won so far really do (laughs) exemplify your mission at Omnivore Recordings. Hank Williams, Mr. Rogers, and Wilco. (laughs) 
all right. preserving these Very... legacies of all different styles and types of music. We are nothing if not omnivorous. But now I have to remind you, though, those weren't all on, on released on Omnivore. The first two were, but Wilco was on None Such, which is part of uh, the Warner family of labels. Credit where credit's due, and that is part of... <laughs> Honestly, the impetus, I would say, for the project that you're nominated for this year. What are you nominated mm-hmm. for a Grammy this year? <laughs> this year, it's um, it's it's a, a box set that I've been working on. <clears throat> well, by the time I finished it, I'd been working on it for 17 years. Uh, it's called Written in Their Soul, the Stax Songwriter Demos. You know some of the big hits that were was on the Stax label. You know everybody from Otis Redding to Sam and Dave, and songs like Six Three Four Five Seven Eight Nine, which was Wilson Pickett. On the box set, you have the songwriters performing the songs that they wrote. So it's not Wilson Pickett performing Six Three Four Five Seven Eight Nine. Actually, it was written by Steve Cropper and Eddie Floyd, and their demo of that song appears on this box set. So it's it's all songwriter demos so that artists could learn the songs uh, and pick out what the songs that they wanted to record and release. And really part of that musical history of that Memphis soul, real American music. Yeah, it's it's such an important, influential label. And this has just been such a absolute pleasure to work with this music. And also one of my co-producers is one of the original employees of Stax, one of the original songwriters. She was an artist for the label. And then she decided she didn't want to tour and go out on the road. And she became the label's long-term publicist. Her name is Miss Deanie Parker. And um, she graciously accepted my uh, badgering for 17 years and (laughs) agreed to be uh, a co-producer on the set. So if we're fortunate enough to win on Sunday... Uh, Ms. Parker will be giving the acceptance speech, and I, I sure hope that happens because after all of her devotion for all of these years to Stacks, I sure hope she gets a Grammy for it. Let's put Ms. Parker in the spotlight. I love that. Des- yes, absolutely. <laughs> Describe your schedule, your social calendar, this week leading up to the Grammys, Sunday night. I oh, know boy. you. I say you've done this a little bit before, but I got to think it's still a whirlwind. It is a whirlwind. Um, Saturday and Sunday is where the, the rubber hits the road. <laughs> My favorite thing is uh, the Special Merit Awards and the nominees' reception. And the Special Merit Awards are where all of the Lifetime Achievement Awards are, are presented. And it's followed by the nominees' reception, where all the nominees get their nominee medals, and everybody's still a winner. <laughs> so everybody's very happy that night. And then Sunday is the big day. You have the premiere ceremony during the day. And then uh, the televised, um, the the big Grammys, and then all the parties after. So by Monday, I'll be road pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully you'll have one of those gold statuettes coming your way. I would love to add another. (laughs) Do you know of any other Wisconsin nominees, or are you repping? Oh, that's a good question this year. Um... I can't remember. I don't think I've seen anything about other any other Wisconsin nominees. I always uh, sometimes I find out afterwards. Um, I know one of the guys from Snarky Puppy is from Wisconsin, right? I think you're right. I, I, I think they won as well last year, but I'm not sure who my uh, my fellow Cheesehead nominees are this year. I really don't know. I'll look into that. If I find out anybody, I'll text you so that way you can yeah, keep an eye know. out. Yeah, do the Wisconsin can, handshake. Uh, yeah, I can go ambush them and we can talk Packers. Ha, 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 ha.
They can share the love about Jordan Love. Cheryl shares who she is looking forward to seeing at the Grammy Awards on Sunday and who gets to be her date. Find out next on What's on Tap. Welcome back to What's on Tap, a show about culture and creativity in Wisconsin and around the world. Continuing the conversation with three-time Grammy winner and 2024 Grammy nominee, Omnivore Recording Cheryl Pavelski. Cheryl grew up here in Milwaukee, went to Marquette University. She is a wealth of music knowledge as a musician herself. And Pavelski's past Grammys have been for Best Historical Album for music collections about Hank Williams, Mr. Rogers, and Wilco. And she could win her fourth Grammy Award Sunday night for Best Historical Album for a seven-CD box set called Written in Their Soul, the Stack Songwriter Demos. I was able to grab a chat with her in the midst of her whirlwind week of celebrations and picking up the conversation with this question. Now, do you get starstruck? I mean, obviously, you've worked with many, many artists of all varieties. You've even worked with Aretha Franklin. Is there someone you're Mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing at the awards, you know, I always like to see Taylor Swift. Um, I've I've had the um, pleasure of meeting her twice. I love to watch her perform. She's she's really great. I hear we're going to see you two from the Sphere. They're going to beam in from the Sphere in Las Vegas. That should be good. It, it looks like the performance lineup is pretty stellar this year. Billy Joel re- releasing his first single in almost twenty years, and he's going to perform. And then, you know, a whole host of new folks are going to be there. And um, I have to I have to admit, every year during the premiere ceremony and sometimes even during the televised segment, I discover artists I didn't know about. You know, there's just so much music all week. It's so do I get starstruck? I don't know. Probably not so much at this point, but I sure do like meeting really nice people. <laughs> well, and who share your passion for music, and it's wonderful yeah. that you remain open-minded and that the community comes together in this way, and that you, I'm sure other people share the same sentiment, like, I'm discovering new artists and new music and new musicians that potentially I could work with. Yeah, it's it's really, um, you know, the Recording Academy does a lot of things that are important, like, you know, advocacy and also um, uh, uh, music cares, because, you know, musicians are really independent companies. They don't have health insurance and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, music cares is a safety net for this community. The other thing that it does is it creates a community and some of my best friends that I've met have been throughout the years have really come through the recording academy events um, and stuff like this week, you know, so it's just, I love playing with super talented and creative folks. And the more I get to meet, the happier I am. (laughs) And a lot of people probably want to be your plus one. Who are you going to the Grammy Awards with? Oh, my lovely wife, Audrey. I've been nominated seven times. And uh, so she's gotten seven beautiful brand new dresses. <laughs> so she'll be uh, accompanying me, but also my brother from Madison and one of my nephews will be coming along this year, too. So I'm very excited about that. And I got the impression from uh, circulating with you that your nephew might be an aspiring musician as well. He is. He is. Uh, he is one of those uh, very lucky people that can sit down with any instrument and play it. Um, and uh, he's quite the cellist as well. So he's um, he's looking forward to continuing his studies in music. And so, uh, you know, if I didn't wind up being the performer, it's nice to have one coming up behind. So I, uh, I'm so happy 
that he can share this experience uh, with us this year. Good luck at the Grammys from all of us here at WTMJ. Go get that gold statuette. I'm going to try. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Pavelski, Marquette grad and decades-long music producer and owner of Omnivore Recordings, and she has already got three of those statuettes, and like I said, we wish her best of luck. I'll be keeping an eye out for her in the crowd and hopefully on stage at the Grammys on Sunday. Best historical album written in their soul, the Stax Songwriter Demos, is uh, her category, so hopefully she'll win. And let's hear a song from that Grammy-nominated box set next It's the song you need to hear. What's on tap on WTMJ. And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blokes are going to be playing at 10. These go to 11. We just heard from Cheryl Pavelski, a music producer who is nominated to win a Grammy, we hope, for a box set called... Written in their soul, the Stax songwriter demos. And one of those songs you might recognize, the Staples singers sang the song, even Bruce Willis sang this song. This is the original, sung by the songwriter himself. It's Mac Rice and Respect Yourself. It's the song you need to hear on What's on Tap. Respect 
Memphis Soul from Mac Rice. That is a song off of the seven CD box set from Omnivore Recordings. It's called Written in Their Soul, the Stack Songwriter Demos. And as a song you might recognize, the Staple Singers sang it, but so did Bruce Willis. Yes, that Bruce Willis in 1987. His was a really fun version, and I still have that vinyl record. But this is what we're hoping, is that Cheryl Pavelski, Milwaukee native, gets her fourth Grammy because that box set is nominated for Best Historical Album. Sunday night at the Grammys could be a winning night for a Wisconsin music producer. So sending out all good luck there. And uh, we are winding down on this Friday, getting ready for WTMJ Nights with Brian Noonan. And I wanted to say a hey to producer Tommy Wartz. Tommy, thank you for uh, helping guide me through the first few months of What's on Tap here. But you are going to be moving on into a new role. Yep. Uh, if you were an avid listener uh, an avid listener of WTMJ, I'm leaving again, uh, <laughs> second time now, so I don't want to you know, make anything too crazy it's about it. It's a see it, you later, not a goodbye. Maybe, maybe, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I'm going back to the same place where I was, back in Minnesota. Super excited that we got to work together in this time frame, too. I know it kind of just sprung out of nowhere, and it was uh, a lot of fun to be able to work with you the last couple of months here. Oh, right back at you. What a nice thing to say. Yeah, didn't, didn't really get too much when you were working in the morning, and I'm working at night, and maybe a couple, a handful of WAN shifts, but... We really got to work very close together, and I'm glad we got to do that. Was there a favorite moment? Oh, Al Capone. You know me. Oh. The, yeah, definitely the, the I, documentary. I have a, I yeah. Have, yeah, when we were talking about them uh, a couple weeks ago, for sure, 100%. But you know, I something about gangsters and old-time mafia that just... Well, an actual history connected to Wisconsin. Yes, yeah, yes. The Milwaukee PBS documentary, it has just aired, so go to milwaukeepbs.org, and you could probably watch it online there. Okay, I'll have to do that. And you can catch up on the podcast as well for What's on Tap at WTMJ.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can catch up on the Al Capone conversation. Earlier this week, we talked with the executor of the estate of George Carlin about that AI case. Uh, Very colorful uh, interview, including some fond memories of George Carlin. Festa Taliana updates, the Bob Euchre documentary, all sorts of interesting culture and creativity here in Wisconsin and around the world. You can catch up on the What's on Tap podcast and share it with your friends. And uh, Tommy, I also remember that uh, you were the one who clued me into Trans-Siberian Orchestra being such a part of the office lore. Oh, huge. (laughs) So good luck. It's a see you later and not a goodbye. It's for me. It's a see you later. Have a great weekend. Uh, WTMJ News is next and then WTMJ Nights with Brian Noonan.